for 25 years we've preached the word and um, so now it's the second quarter or the next 25 and so yeah come on yeah yeah so um, I just got some things that I've been kind of throwing together not not literally throwing together but just putting together and and just some stuff that has to do with vision for the future and 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 really just it's what we already know if you've been here at all and but yet with a little added extra and a little more strength and a little more um, power behind it so just follow with me today as as I go through some stuff and and talk about some stuff that I, I believe is really key and important for the next 25 years Um, literally, <clears throat> in 25 years from now, the vision at Gates of the City will be the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Because that's the vision of the Bible. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. And the love that you love God with and the love you love people with, you make disciples of those people. Not disciples not making disciples of you in your in unrenewed areas of your life and mind, but you're making disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. To love God and love people and to make disciples. And one of the things in 25 years that we will continue to be doing, I mean, you know, unless God changes it for some reason, but I, I don't see it, is that what, what we're going to continue to get better at is connect groups. Connect groups are vitally important to the success of the church. At least, at least the revelation that we have of connect groups today. It's the key to the success of the advancement of the church because, first and foremost, you have to have relationships. People have to develop relationships, and you can't do that by shaking someone's hand on Sunday morning. Hey, how's it going? Great, great, great. All hell may be breaking loose, and, and you just said, great, you lied. <clears throat> so connect groups are vital man and they'll just continue to be and uh, as time goes we'll we're we're strengthening those and making them better as we go um first corinthians 11 is a passage that is very important and this is what we've been we've been called to do here at gates and it's um in starting with verse 27 it says therefore whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the lord but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. What we've been called to do here is to rightly discern the body of Jesus Christ. To rightly discern it. Um, and we've taught here and we've, we will continue and actually we'll, we're going to get stronger with it in the days ahead that the house of God, where God's heart is and what his eyes are upon, the house of God, based on 
1 Timothy 3.15 is the church. And the church is his body according to Ephesians 1. The church is his body. And if you don't rightly discern the body, which is the church, which is the house of God, then as the scripture says, what happens is we become weak and sick and many sleep. We become weak. We become powerless and sick with no answers because we don't rightly discern the body. And what is the body? The church, which is the house. The house is the church, which is the body. The body is the church, and it's the house. If we don't rightly discern it, then we remain powerless and we remain sick. Why? If you've been here on Wednesday nights and you've heard any of the teachings that we've done on the gifts of the Spirit, several weeks back on Wednesday night, we talked from a verse of Scripture in John chapter 3 where it says that Jesus received the Spirit of God without measure. No limitations to the Spirit that Jesus received. His The spirit that he received was for him alone, for that dispensation of time. No one else had what he had in that dispensation. And when he produced what he produced for you and I, you and I were dealt a measure. He had the spirit without measure. We were dealt a measure. So... He has a measure, she has a measure, she has a measure, he has a measure, and on and on and on and on and on. We each have a measure. We've each been dealt a measure of faith, a piece. He has the whole thing. It was given to him the whole thing. So he operated in all the gifts of the Spirit. He operated in the totality of God himself, and everywhere he went, things happened. One of the reasons that people remain powerless and sick, and and it's as though the church is asleep at different times, is because we don't rightly discern the body of Jesus Christ. We don't rightly discern the fact that we just have a measure. It's not about me, it's about the church. It's about the connection of one another. And if we rightly discern that, then we'll see things happen. If we don't rightly discern it, we stay powerless and sick and asleep. Amen. So as a result of that, and we'll talk more about this in the coming days and coming months and years, we'll have different people in, got a lot of really good connections of people that have revelation on these different subjects and these these truths of of God in his church. But God has given the five-fold ministry to equip the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry. God's given the five-fold ministry, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the apostle, the prophet, to equip the saints so that we can fulfill the purpose of the ministry. And in that, in that, and we've done a lot of teaching on this in days past, but in that are kings and priests. Fivefold ministry represent the priests, the kings are everybody else. And the kings represent the workforce and the working world. 
the, the, the priests are to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, to put vision in the hearts of the people about what God wants in their lives. The kings are to provide provision for the vision and to accomplish ministry in the workplace, in the working world, out there. And there's no difference in either of those callings. They were created to be together. And remember, each of us just have a measure. The priests can't do it without the kings. Kings can't do it without the priest. You can't do it without the vision, but you can't fulfill the vision without the provision. Amen? Next 25 years are going to be about making that right here at Gates. Being a living epistle and a witness of how great those things are. And how God created that to be for the church. Um, the church, the church mainly, the, the church is about a lot of things, but if it's not about what I'm going to say right here, then it's really not about the rest of it. We can, we can join any community service group in town and actually be more effective than the church if we don't believe what I'm fixing to say to you right now. And I mean this. So the church from this perspective is about hearing. It's about hearing. Uh, Romans 10, 17, and, and look, look at that for a minute. You got, you got that for me? Romans 10, 17 says, So then... Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Um, Wednesday night, we, if you didn't hear this message, it, it will be online by sometime this week, and, and um, you need to listen to it. It's entitled, The Spirit of a Leader. And uh, I shared some things in that message. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a couple things from, from that message in, in what, I'm a, what I'm talking about today. But I made a, a couple of points. It's not, it's not what I am that holds me back. It's what I think I am. It's not what I am that holds me back. You know, you, you could be, let, let, let's just take what I think people think, okay? You, you could be a multi, multi-million or billionaire business person, okay? One person could. And another person could be a person that works a job for minimum wage. And people think this way, okay? And... The person that's a multi-billionaire over here has some things in his thinking that are holding him back, but they're totally different than this guy over here. You see? It's not what you are that holds you back, it's what you think you are. Now, here's the thing about hearing. Put that verse back up so they can just see that real quick. Here, here's the thing about hearing. The Word brings revelation. The Word does. But the spirit of the word brings transformation. So as a man thinks, he is that. So whatever needs to be transformed in you first comes by hearing. 
so that the Spirit has something to work with. The church has to be about hearing. In other words, we can't allow this pulpit, not, not just in a literal sense, but what we say from here, it can't be tainted with world's ideas. See, if you came in here every week and, and I gave you some political stance about stuff all the time, you know, I was talking to you about the Democrats or I was talking to you about the Republicans or about the independents or whatever people think from a political standpoint, you can turn on Fox or CNN and get all that. But if I use this pulpit for that, then, then you, you might as well just go be a part of some group because you'll do more with that group than you will in the church. This pulpit's never been used for that, and it'll never be used for anything that taints the way we see. We will not allow things. We will preach the Word, and for the next 25 years, we will preach the Word. And from a standpoint of hearing, it gives the Holy Spirit, it gives the Holy Spirit opportunity. He set it up this way. The Holy Spirit opportunity to reveal to you things you personally need because what I need is not exactly what you need and vice versa, right? So the Holy Spirit can take the word that you're hearing, not, have, not heard five weeks ago, but the word that you're hearing and bring transformation. So if you think of yourself as a minimum wage earner that you're no good or you're not enough or you're not as good as someone else, then the Word will transform that and change it. And you'll go, you, what, see, when you change your thinking, it'll change your natural circumstances. That's what, we'll, that's what we're doing now and we'll do for the next 25 years. We'll just take it 25 years at a time, okay? Amen? So, let me have that verse. There it is. <clears throat> So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I, I, I want to I say it like this. If you don't hear, you won't hear. And you won't have faith to believe in the favor of God, in the fact that you're healed, that you're prosperous, in the peace of God. If you don't hear, then you won't hear. And you won't have faith to believe the things you need to believe in. I'm going to say it again. If you don't hear, then you won't hear. That's the purpose of the church. Then all the other things that we do, all the other things that we do are, are a direct result of that because our vision is to love God and love people and to make disciples. And you can't make disciples if you're not hearing. And then if you're, you might be hearing, but if you're not doing anything with what you're hearing, it's not transforming you. It's only the doers that get results. Bible says you can hear, but if you don't do, you're deceived. And we want to remove the deception. We don't want to just talk about the fact that you're deceived. I mean, everybody's been deceived. I mean, 
Some of us were deceived yesterday. We want to remove the deception, right? And it starts with hearing. You're not transformed from hearing, see? But you become transformed when you can hear what Holy Spirit tells you to do, and then you do it. Let's just say, let's say this, okay? You've been hearing the word and hearing the word and doing the word and all this stuff. And then a situation comes up, okay? And all of a sudden, these thoughts come to your mind. And you're, you all of a sudden become very, you know, irritated with a certain person because of some thoughts and maybe some information and all this stuff. And, and so you're hearing the word but the first thing you do with those thoughts is you put your mouth on the person. Okay? What does the Bible say to do first? Pray. First it says pray. Well, Pastor, but you don't know what they do. No, 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 no. No, that has nothing to do with it. First off, pray. See, but see, what happens is we, we hear enough to get in trouble, and then we don't do what we need to do when it comes time to do it because we don't want to do that. We want to put our mouth on it or whatever. And see, those thoughts come every day hmm? and twice on Sunday. Every day those thoughts come. What are you going to do with it? What does the word say? Uh, I don't know how much you've been hearing. Well, I went to church last month. See, see, I, I used to think that going to church was a religious statement, but it's not today because I, I understand what church is about. See, church is about hearing and then all that other stuff. But if you don't, if you don't, if you're not hearing, if, if word's not being preached to make, tra- to make changes and to bring revelation, then we just need to be a part of something else. But that's not what we're here for. We've been here 25 years, see? And we've been doing it, and we're continuing to do it. Amen? So we have to hear above everything else. So it's not what I am that holds me back. It's what I think I am, so my thinking has to change. The Word brings revelation, the Word does, and the Spirit of the Word brings transformation. Now, we read a couple of scriptures on Wednesday night, I want to read these again just real quickly, but I want you to see them so you can go back and read them. But in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 17, this is whole story and I'm not going to go all back into that, but just, we know about the children of Israel and, and uh how that they were in 430 years in bondage and it had been prophesied to Abraham that they would be in bondage and that they, and that they would be set free. And so Moses at 80 years old is anointed and sent to go and free the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of the bondage of Egypt. And there's a, there's a type and shadow and a real parallel there with Egypt and the bondage we come out of in our salvation. Okay, so here, here's the children of Israel and they've been set free. And in verse 17 of Exodus 13, it says, and then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, after all the miracles and all the manifestation of the power of God, then he finally let him go. He kept saying he was, and he didn't, and then he finally did. 
that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, probably about 20 miles, about a, no, about a, about a 20-day journey is what it was from Egypt to the promised land. For God said, lest, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Egypt represents the arm of the flesh, what's easier. Lest when they see war, that uh, lest they change their mind when they see war and they go back to what's easier. Now, this has been a big thing to us at Gates over the last 25 years, and it will be even more so in the next 25, because that verse, along with this verse in Ephesians, chapter 3 and verse 10, and I'm going to read it uh, out of the Amplified, Ephesians 3 and 10. The purpose is... Now, um, verse 17 in Exodus 13 in the Amplified says, lest the people change their purpose when they see war. The, the New King James said, lest they change their mind. Same thing, because as a man thinks, he is. So, lest they change their purpose when they see war and return to Egypt. Ephesians 3 and 10, Ephesians 3 and 10 in the Amplified says, the purpose is, you got that? The purpose is that through the church, what's the church? One end, it's the house of God. In this end, it's the body of Jesus Christ. That through the church... Why? Because spirit without measure that was administered to Jesus is now spirit by measure to you and I, but when the church connects and we connect to the purpose, then we become spirit without measure. Did you hear me? We become spirit without measure when? When we connect. That through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all, its, all of its infinite variety and its innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers, authorities, principalities of powers in, in the heavenly sphere. So in other words, the only thing that is keeping humanity in bondage are those guys. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, they're keeping humanity in bondage. Because Jesus liberated humanity, right? But they're keeping, they're keeping humanity in bondage where? Right here. Lest the children of Israel change their mind or their purpose when they see war and return to Egypt. I can't tell you in 25 years how many times I've heard this statement. You know, Pastor, it wasn't until I started coming to this church that things started happening in my life. Yeah. Yeah. See, because what the children of Israel weren't ready for was trouble. See, the land was ready for them, but they weren't ready for the land. Why? Because of the enemy in the land. They went and spied it out, <laughs> came back with grapes as big as Brian's head. 
Brian has a small head, you know, so it's not very big. I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm, I'm talking about massive grapes, one grape. Can you think about having a grape in your refrigerator and everybody taking a bite out of it for a week? I mean, massive grapes. I mean, this place was the land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, it was all there. Twelve guys went to spy it out. Ten of them said, man, all they could see past the grapes was the giants. Two of them said, what? what's wrong with you guys? We all went. We saw it. Remember, God didn't send them there to ask them if they could take it. God sent them there to show them what he had given them. What's the purpose of the church? To prepare us for war. What was a 20-day, 30-day journey, whatever it was, ended up being 40 years. Why? Because of their thinking. It wasn't the will of God. I don't care what anybody's ever taught you about that. If you've ever been taught different, it was not the will of God for them to die in the wilderness. In Psalm, it says, he led them out to lead them in. It was the plan of God, but it was their choices, and God couldn't change their thinking for 40 years. Couldn't change their thinking. They remained with it. Even the 20-year-olds and younger, part of the guys that went to spy out the land were some of those 20-year-olds. They still had, you know why? Because you can take a guy out of Egypt in bondage, but you got to get the bondage in Egypt out of the guy. And that's what didn't happen. See, they, 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 for 40 years, they couldn't get, I mean, they complained about every, I mean, it was all free. Hmm? They had all the miracles in Egypt, and we said this Wednesday night, miracles won't change you. Miracles will not change you. They may change your circumstance for a little while, but miracles won't change you. Only the Word will change you. I mean, they had free food. And then they complained about the food and they changed the menu. They added to it. They added meat to the menu. And then they complained about that. And they had free water. I mean, I mean triple osmosis water. I mean, it was just amazing. It was healthy for their body. And, and they complained about the water. You know, it wasn't right or something. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. All they had to do was look at the bronze serpent on the stick and they were healed in their bodies. I mean, What? What, what, what else do you people want? But you know, really it's no different today. And I'm, not, I'm not being critical about humanity. I'm saying if you don't hear the word, if you don't have a place to come to hear the word, your mind won't change. And then what happens is you start thinking more highly of yourself and you think you can do it and you think you have the spirit without measure. And you don't. You have a measure. And your measure, and my measure, and this measure, and that measure has to be connected, or all of a sudden what happens is you become deceived, hmm? and you forget. James 1 says, you look at your face in the mirror, and then you leave, and what happens? You forget. See, the children of Israel, they're in bondage for 430 years, for however many days, ten different manifestations of miracles happen in Egypt to prove the greatness of God. 
So what happens is they go from the bondage of Egypt to a free desert. Right? They change their locale, their location. Wasn't enough. While they were in Egypt and Moses was doing all his stuff and promising him where they were going, they heard just enough to become convinced that maybe the promised land is better than this mess. Maybe the promised land could be better than what we're dealing with right now. Maybe it could. Wasn't enough because all, all it had to happen is, you know, it took an extra day for the water to come or took an extra day for the sea to open up and the enemy to be defeated and then they're back complaining again. See, because they, because they heard it, but they didn't, the, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 says they didn't mix faith with the things that they heard and so it didn't profit them and it won't profit you and I. But here's the thing that happened to 430 years of bondage and generational bondage handed down, what happened is Israel's spirit, talking about the individual people, their spirit was crushed. It was crushed. Their spirit was crushed. And you know, today... See, we're here to fight for the organized church in all of its weaknesses and all of its failures and the things that have happened. We're here to fight for it because if the enemy can isolate you and get you by yourself, he can crush you. You're no match for him because he's spirit and you're flesh and the measure that you have is no match for what he can accomplish. Just through his deception, not his power, he has no power. Son of God was manifested to destroy all the power of the enemy. But the spirit of deception becomes so strong when you, if, if, if I had a, if, if this was a pie and it was sectioned off in like say 10 different pieces and, and, and you're trying to handle the enemy that is operating in a full pie spiritually speaking, in deception. And you're operating from God's spirit. And you know, people can do fairly decent with it, with just, with, with just a tenth. But you can't win. And what happens is you go to the grave not fulfilling what you were put on the planet for. Because you're trying to do it with just a piece. And we're doing it with a spirit that's crushed. And what did their crushed spirit produce it produced a slave mentality it produced a servant mentality only an unworthiness it produced a no vision mentality it produced in them a I'm going to make mud bricks with straw for the rest of my life I have no vision Uh, this is not Egypt is not a place to dream dreams You'll never dream a dream and see the fulfillment in Egypt because the bondage of Egypt keep you, keep you making bricks and laying bricks for the rest of your life. If you're a bricklayer, you know, it's a great business today. But back then it wasn't. Not in where they were at. They were in bondage to do it. Amen? They were crushed. 
And when a human being is crushed in their spirit, then the enemy isolates them and they don't understand what to do to get well. And the, and the house, which is the church, which is the body of Jesus Christ, was created. See, see when, when Dale goes and he does something under the covering of the church, see, he's going, he's going wherever he goes. He goes to work. And, and when he goes to work, if there's a need or there's the need for the gifts of the Spirit to operate through him or whatever, he's operating in 100% of the measure of Jesus Christ. The same measure that Jesus is operating in, he's operating in because of his covering. He's undercover. He's, un, he's connected to something that's bigger than he is. But when we isolate ourselves, then what happens is we become set up to be crushed. And I tell you what, there's a lot of crushed people that have fake smiles on their faces. Ah, everything's great. It's all great. God didn't create you to be that way. He didn't create you to be isolated. He created you to be connected. Amen? And the body of Jesus Christ, see, location didn't change them. Location won't change you. You, 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 can, you can live in Kerrville, Texas and think, well, you know, if I, just, if I just move to Reno, things will change. I don't know. Well, if I just got a new car. Uh, no. If I just got a new, if I, I just, if, if, if here I'm the, 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 the hourly wage earner and I'm looking at the billionaire guy, if I could just be like him, everything would change. No, no, it didn't change for them, it won't change for us. Nothing will change until your thinking changes. And your thinking will never change according to the word without the word preached. Faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word that is preached. It's the word that's delivered because the next two verses talk about fivefold ministry that preach the word. See, it doesn't just happen. It's not going to just happen. It takes effort. Well, Pastor, I, I listen to CDs. I watch Christian television. Well, it's good. But it's not connected. Yeah. I mean, do that. But you need to be connected. Listen to CDs of te- people that are teaching the word and training and changing the way you think. But you've got to be connected. You've got to put the effort out to connection. And in your effort being put out for connection, it empowers you so that you're not a person without authority and you're not a person that's always sick and overcome all the time. That doesn't mean sickness isn't going to come. It's going to come. Try to convince you that God doesn't work. See? And, 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 and what's the other one? Being asleep. You know, being constantly tired and lazy and lethargic and just overpowered and overwhelmed. Why? Because there's not that connection. Not rightly discerning the body of Jesus Christ. It's the key to your and my success is discerning it correctly. Um, one of the things that's vital to having, to being able to change in your thinking There's two things that I believe are key that I've found in my life. Humility and honesty. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you at the proper time. The lack of honesty, the Bible compares to being controlled by the devil. Because it's the devil's way of thinking. It's the world's way of thinking. Well, Pastor, you know, everybody lies. 
Well, we don't have to. We can change. You know? I mean, good number of people come from a lying background. But the Bible says, old things are passed away, and behold, everything is brand new today. And I can choose to be honest. Yeah, but if I'm really honest, you don't know what can happen. You know, I mean, that's between you and God, and you've got to work some of those things out, and it's not always the best thing to, you know. Well, pastor said be honest, so you go home and tell your spouse every lie that you've ever held on to. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you to do that. You know, just think about it. You know, listen to him. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Over time, he'll show you what to do. Because I'm telling you, honesty liberates Humility and honesty causes you to be able to admit certain things. You, you know the, the scripture that talks about the measure of faith that we've been dealt? It says not to think more highly of yourself than you should think. For, e- for to each one has been dealt a measure of faith. And part of what he's saying in that passage there is what we're talking about today. You don't have the spirit without measure. You can't do it on your own. I don't care. I, I mean, in, in, in our society, what's come over the last 300 years is a mentality of self-made people. And self-made people don't need anybody else. I'm, I'm just telling you that's not good. I'm just telling you today it's not good. It, 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 it caused me to stop the path I was moving on and readjust because self-made is lonely and you might have a huge bank account and many investments and nothing and we we, we all desire huge bank accounts and say amen to that amen we, we want to advance and prosper it should be that way but not thinking that it's because of me now You've done work and you've done this and you've done this thing and that thing and all that, that, that you know, not taking away from that. It's like, it's like the story of the farmer that, uh, uh, I don't even remember it now, so I won't tell it. <laughs> it it's a great story. The, the end result of the story is, is that this one guy saw this guy's great farm. He said, man, look what God had done, look what God had done, look what God had done, look what God had done. And finally the guy says, man, you know. I, you know, I give God some credit, but man, I did a bunch of this stuff, you know? I mean, anyway. <clears throat> so, it was a really great story, but you, you get my point. I mean, we, we put out effort, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God has to get the glory because you want to give him the glory, not him extracting it from you. Well, I'm going to get the No, that's not God. It's because what you want to do, because in your success, you give God glory, and he just make you even more successful. That's the way he created us to be. Amen? That's the way he wants us. Humility and honesty is the key. So, today, I want to end this with, um, with a couple things. And I, want to, and I don't have time to get in this today, but we will over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll have some time to really spend on this. But in Proverbs 17, look at this verse. <clears throat> Proverbs 17 and verse 22. A merry heart does good like a medicine. But a broken spirit, a crushed spirit, dries the bones. 
A merry heart does good like a medicine. Chapter 18 and verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain him even in sickness. But who can bear a broken spirit? Who can bear a spirit that's been crushed? Who can bear a spirit that is like dormant and has no life to it? That, and, I, and I'm talking about, I'm addressing this today with people that are born again, but their spirit, their mind, their soul has been crushed. They have no vision. It, it's like, you know what? Nothing is ever going to change with me. Nothing is ever going to change in this specific circumstance. And you realize that people can have, have it all happening and going over here and not over here. And the next person, they got it happening here but not here. So it affects us, all of us, in different ways. But when, when we get to a place when people, and, I, and I'll just tell you this, most of humanity is here. It's never going to change. This is never going to change. This thing is never, there's not an answer for this. I'm I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to get through this to a place of victory in my life. And, you know, so why do you think that so many people, and even Christian people, have thoughts of suicide? And not just thoughts, but carry through with it. Because their spirit's crushed. There's no hope. And without hope is death. Death in this life and destruction in this life, but also the desire to take life because why live in life when you see yourself, and understand this is just a comparison, you see yourself as a wage earner that will never be amount to anything and never get out of it, and you're looking at this guy over here that's a multi-billionaire, and this multi-billionaire is in a whole nother thing, and and he has no idea that this guy is thinking all he's got to do is be like him, and and in a lot of cases, this guy's looking at, at this guy or somebody that's got a real simple life and thinking, man, if I could just have a life like that. Why? Isolation. No connection. No church. No body of Jesus Christ that's discerned in a correct way. You know, God, when Pastor John preached that last week about dreaming dreams, man, dream dreams. Dream all of the dreams. Just stay connected. Dream dreams and do things and do what God wants you to do, but just stay connected. Because the connection is what keeps your mind clear so that what you do is as a result of what he's telling you to do, not just what seems right. There's a way that seems right to to a man. The end is what? It's destruction. I don't want to do seems right. I want to do what's right. I want to do it right every single time, and we can. We We have the potential and the ability to do it right every time. Why? Because Jesus did, and he's our He's our elder brother and our perfect example, and he's empowered us. But the key is, we got to stay together. I'll tell you what that looks like in just a second. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to end with these two verses of Scripture because I believe this shows us what, the vision is for the next 25 years from the word, okay? Luke 4 and 16. Jesus, children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years and never changed their thinking. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and came out stronger 
than when he went in. And it only took three years to change the thinking of 11 guys. Right? Three years. Doesn't have to take us forever. We don't have to wander like the children of Israel. We have the spirit in us now. Right? And, and he, he went through wilderness times. You go through wilderness times, go through them is the key. You go to difficult times and stuff that you face, go through them and come out on the other side stronger because of him. Not because of the trials, but because of God in the midst of them. That's the key. Amen? So he comes out of that. Verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And his, his custom was he went into the synagogue, went to church. Jesus, everybody say, Jesus went to church. It was his custom to go to church. On the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What's the, the gospel means good news. What's the good news to a poor man? You don't have to be poor anymore, right? Is that good news to a poor man? Yeah, you don't have to stay that way, right? He has sent me to heal the what? The crushed hearts. He sent me to heal the hearts that are broken and crushed. To proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind. And, and, it, and it's, and how, how many records do we have in the, th I mean, there, there was probably others because the Bible says there was more. But, but how many accounts of natural, literal, natural eyes open do we have in Scripture? Uh, I think two. I think they're just two accounts. So, I mean, why would he waste that on two accounts? I'm not just talking about naturalized, talking about spiritualized. Yeah, and where do the spiritualized get opened? When the ears get open. And how do the ears get open? When you come in here. Amen? Recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it to the attendant, sat down, and all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And they were ready to kill him. Amen? So, so, you say, yeah, but, but that was for Jesus. Okay? Let's look at Ephesians 1. And, and this is the last scripture I'm going to read. Ephesians 1 and verse 20. This is the prayer that Paul prayed for the church here, and so we're kind of jumping in the middle of it. Verse 19, what, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he, God, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. What did we read earlier? The purpose of God is that through the church, now what he did would be what? We do it again? No, we enforce it. When we're the church and we become people connected with spirit without measure, where we can do exactly what he did. 
far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Watch. Here's us. And he, the Father, put all things under his feet, Jesus, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. Next verse. Which is his body. Gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Which is his body. So what he read in Luke 4 is what you and I are called to do in 2014 at Gates of the City in Kerrville in the state of Texas and planet Earth and all the church is called to do it. But I'm telling you, today, we believe it. That's what we're here for. That's what we're about. And we're here to heal the brokenhearted. The body is here to heal the brokenhearted. But see, um, I want to say this right as I end this. Um, and, and then we're, we're going to receive communion today. Good time to receive communion. I, I had... Um, when, when I first came here, Becky and I came here 25 years ago. I mean, she, she did too, but she was raising kids and we were raising children together, but that's where all her attention and time was. Children were little. And I came to Kerrville to save the whole world. The world. <laughs> I'd been born again for about 17 years and I was ready to save the world. And so, I went on a mission to save the world in the beginning. And I realized and I knew that it was going to take more than just people coming to church. It was going to take a lot of counseling. And it's funny, the Bible doesn't even talk about counseling. Talks about wisdom. Talks about learning from people wisdom, you know, gaining wisdom from people in, in, in situations. But over time, I realized that what was happening was that people, and I'm, I'm saying, trying to say this really right, because I don't want anybody to take this wrong, but this is just the absolute truth. I'm just telling you from my gut. And that's what the next 25 years looks like. But I came to a place where I realized that all of my personal counseling was causing people to be dependent on me and not dependent on God. And so what God said to me, when people come and they need something yesterday, 
encourage them that the problem they have today didn't just happen overnight. And the answer won't come overnight either. Nobody, anybody, any of us, has the answer. Now, sitting and talking and counseling and all that stuff, we believe in it, we do it. But we don't do it if people aren't hearing. Because it's a lot easier and there's a lot more trained individuals with counseling degrees, psychiatrists and different ones, that can do a lot better job than I could or that most people could of dissecting your problem because most people don't want answers. They want you to fix it. Now listen to me when I'm saying this. The only way that you can be fixed is through the Word of God. Only the Word of God is what will deliver you. And the counseling and everything that you do, and people, we all need that. That's why we need connection. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I didn't say counseling wasn't good. But if you're not hearing the Word, then the Holy Spirit has nothing to work with to liberate your life. But if you're coming and you're hearing it, and you're doing something with what you're hearing, then as you're counseling, answers happen. But a lot of times, a lot of times, in counseling sessions, people may have called for a session, and since then they've heard the word twice, and it got answered. I can't tell you how many times that happened. Because, see, our... Where God wants it, he wants your confidence in him, and I'm going to do, and we're going to do everything we can to help that. But at the end of the day, I don't want you looking and trusting in me. I want you to trust in him. I want you to trust in the fact that he has the answers, and he, if you're hearing, then you're learning to hear here. So you hear the word, and then hearing comes in here by the word that he gives you. Nothing like what God gives you something, and it's the answer. Huh? <clears throat> but if you do get it, I still want credit because I preached it. No, I'm <clears throat> you, you see what I'm saying, though? There's nothing like a word from God. Yeah, but, Pastor, I can't hear him. Just keep hearing, keep listening here, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, if you do things with what you hear and you spend time in it, all of a sudden, one day, God will tell you something and you'll call 15 people at 3 in the morning. <gasps> Got it. That's the way it should be. Amen? We're the church, which is his body. What he delivered over 2,000 years ago to those people and it ticked them off. What we've been called to do is the same thing. And I just tell you, it should make everybody happy, but it doesn't. Amen? And if they persecuted him for the word, you know, people will not like what you do either. But I'm telling you today, the second quarter is about loving God and about loving people and about hearing the word to bring liberty to your and my soul so that nothing is holding us back. <laughs> because who I think I am is who he says I am, and then the sky's the limit. <laughs>
and you can do and accomplish it all.